0: Uh, welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Jacob Dalene here, I'm your host. And um, today we have Samuel Larson, or what I believe is Sammy Larson, is what the nickname is,
1: right? That's right. Thank you for yeah, being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's, uh, it's nice to be here, and um, let's get Still... this going. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux,
0: your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market you can find us at skinlux.com. Yeah, so so I got uh, introduced to you th- through through Mike McCarthy who's or McCarthy who's who runs uh Future Stars Academy. We'll talk a little bit about that camp um not because he gave me the plug here but uh because we've had several players that are that that are playing in here in the US or in the juniors over here and um and it's a little bit of a of, of a of a common thread of of players that have come through that that system uh or that that camp to, to find over over here so but why don't we start a little bit uh who's Samuel Larson
1: yeah who's me um yeah I'm i I'm 19 years old I'm an 04 and this is my first year playing in playing in the United States and uh, yeah we got we got a dog here as well saying hello <laughs> um, That's awesome. yeah we, um it's my first year playing in the United States uh, 23 24 season. Up until this year I played in Sweden. I've played j 18 Division One, J twenty division one, and one year in J twenty regional.
0: Yeah, and originally so... from Siegel Torp.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Um where so I... where
0: so understand based on your accent a little bit around Stockholm, but where in you know Stockholm has so many of these smaller hockey teams or hockey clubs, where geographically uh if you if you if you describe it around stockholm in segeltorp
1: so segeltorp is located south of stockholm um it's um about 20 minutes from the city center i would say it's close to the to the highway and um you know, it's it's um the rink is located in a, in a big shopping area so if, I'm if pull, you say I'm, I'm pulling it up here now close to huddinge
0: Bukirka.
1: that's correct that's correct so um we had um we had as uh, like the local rival uh, including um, and also like Flemingsburg and so we had a lot of local rivals in the area because i mean stockholm is you have a lot of hockey teams yeah in close uh, in the close area and it um it laid up for a lot of hot hot games, you know yeah to win the it,
0: clubs. <clears throat> so so I guess yeah uh, we, we would call Siegel a, a suburb of Stockholm centrum. Uh, or central stockholm um, like many of these other ones right yeah i guess you can call it that so let's let's start there so well so i've got elite prospects pulled up here defenseman 5'10 185 is that still fairly accurate
1: that's fairly accurate um, not 62 uh, anymore not no. 62 and 210 <laughs> no 5'10 is correct uh, maybe i'm a little bit lower than 185 but uh, i think i'm around one seventy six, one seventy seven, depending on the day, you know. Um, but so maybe a little bit lower on the on the weight, but I'm fine yeah. with with one eighty five.
0: So let, so what I thought so because the main topic today, and we'll get to it a little bit later. A couple of things I want to talk about: future stars camp, uh, and how that how you ended up coming over here. Uh, main topic that I want to talk about is NCDC, where you're playing in in Islanders Hockey Club now in in uh. Uh, in in tier two juniors here Um, uh, because you know last episode uh, that was just released of course we I have a little bit of a bank here now of of episodes that I've recorded but we just released um, a series of episodes of players over here that are playing Swedish players that are played they're playing right now or have played in in either uh, North American Hockey League BCHL, USHL, or, or like Gustav Blum, who, who's now playing in college, but we haven't had anybody on to talk about NCDC, which opens up this kind of door of USPHL, and which NCDC is part of and not part of USA Hockey, and we want to get there uh, uh, as as we as we go. But but before we get to kind of the main topic. Um, and, I, and I sent you a couple of bullet points, um, and I put on there. So, so when we're recording this, we're in November, and we just finished up the TV puck tournament, uh, which I think I didn't pay too much attention to it. Uh, my district, dolana ended up going to the to the uh, playoffs, but ended up last in the playoffs, um, unfortunately, this year. But Stockholm, did they Stockholm North, did they win it?
1: Stockholm North won the TV puck this year. Uh, yeah. So but, against um against um, Sermon, I think. Yeah. Sonod or Selenaland. Uh, okay. I, I couldn't I
0: couldn't I didn't pay attention too much uh to it this year. Uh but uh you didn't play in the TV puck tournament.
1: I did not. Um so um a lot of people say that Stockholm is Maybe the hardest district to get into. Um, I don't know about that, but um, we were a lot of players from from Segeltorp who made who made uh, these camps. And the 4 group in Segeltorp was probably one of the best groups we've ever ha- had, and um, I think we were seven or eight players, maybe even nine, who came to the last last camp before the TV puck. Uh, and that was as many as your garden has. Uh, which is the the main main yep. of Stockholm. So I made the last camp but then I got cut. You know, yeah. So I didn't play the TV puck. So and and
0: the reason I go there to start off with is, you know, a lot of people think oh I have to make the TV puck tournament for the district and if I don't then uh, you know, life is over, uh my hockey career is over, um uh, but yours is not. You're still playing. So uh That's which right. You know, we've had some other players on here on the podcast that proves the point that it isn't over. And I think it's an important point. And it is very, very tough competition uh, as well. So uh, how did that affect you? Because I would imagine right about the same time as when you start looking at hockey gymnasiums and where am I going to go? Am I going to go somewhere else or am I going to stick around uh, around home? Which And I'm looking at your you played in Segel Torp, you stayed in Segel Torp through juniors, and then we'll talk about moving to Naka the last season there. But but um, how did that affect you not making this TV puck tournament in your choices?
1: Um, I think like when I got caught, I was disappointed. Uh, of course, sure. uh, that's always the case. Uh, but you know, it was a long time ago. So most of it, I, I don't remember, I, I don't think about. Um, Other than that, it was pretty clear all throughout my, it was my U16 year. So the next year would be my, my first year in in hockey gymnasium or gymnasium, high school, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And and it was pretty clear all that season that I maybe didn't want to go to a hockey gymnasium. I wanted to go to a, like a normal school. Which is a little bit unique in in Stockholm, right? It is.
0: There's there's not, so if you were, if you lived in, Uh they have a liu. So if you're gonna, yeah. if you if you're playing hockey and you go into gymnasium, you're probably gonna go in the hockey gymnasium. But in Stockholm is a
1: little bit different, right? And uh, that is correct. Like Stockholm has a lot of high schools all around the area. You can choose whatever you like. Uh, you have so many possibilities to choose from. Uh, it's um, yeah, it, you have may- maybe too many. Too many schools to choose between, so I chose I one in uh, in the city center, which I liked very much. I liked the teachers and I liked the area, yeah. school itself. Um, so I don't really think that I the TV park affected me that much. To be honest so with what, you, I just.
0: So leaving ninth grade and going into gymnasium, what was your area of study?
1: My area of study became economics and law. Okay. So that's so, that's what I've been studying for three years prior. And it's no. really, really strange. Uh so every
0: person that I have talked to that is that is playing in the US juniors, not a single one has chosen the 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 simple path from an academic standpoint. It's a little bit of a common thread here of um, so so I'm assuming that you come from a family where education was pretty important
1: and and that is correct that is correct you know um i've always been told that if you don't have an education or you don't put a lot of effort into your education it's never going to work out in the in the long run yeah uh, it might work out in the short run but in the long run it's not going to work out and if you want to continue playing hockey like you need to pay attention to to the education and which i've yeah. done and uh, to be honest with you and i think i'm i'm glad I'm glad about that now. It,
0: yeah. And and then you graduated, so you did three years and then so the hockey then is not necessarily in the same uh organization or uh, the, the hockey with Segel Torp is with the club and then you got the school over yep. here, no affiliations
1: whatsoever. No affiliations so uh, whatsoever. So you know I had to I went home from school and I went to practice and that rolled on and mm-hmm played G 8 in Division 1 with Segel Torpen. This was also during the COVID era, so it was a little bit of a different time. The season got shut down. I think the 1st year in in season, we played maybe six or seven games. uh, That must have been 2021, right? Yeah, 2021 season, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. I'm looking there as well. So we played a few games and then they shut us down. We couldn't practice at all. So I knew that I know that we had um we had training outside in the winter we were running together and you know it was icy and
0: <laughs> we had
1: we we had fun at least we we had something to do um, yeah outside of sitting at home having school school in front of a computer and and yeah it was it wasn't really until next season that we played hockey again and competitively
0: yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this because, uh, you know, in your resume you don't come from a J twenty national background, right? And uh, so let's talk about this for those who may not know that in Sweden in junior, So if you if you look at J eighteen, you have there is no J twenty J eighteen national, but you have Division one and you have region. That's And great. then on the J twenty side, you have Division one, you have region, and then you have national used to be called super elite elite and i guess division one's always been called
1: one division one's always been called division one um yeah i don't know exactly why they changed it um, but but because there is so
0: many yeah because there are so many teams in stockholm even division one is very competitive
1: and region is very competitive right i would say regional is is very competitive uh, if we talk J18, that's that's competitive. That's that's the highest level of hockey you can play. Yeah, uh, in J18, um, and during the spring, you, I think it's the eighth best team or something that plays. Then it's called J18 National. Um, yeah, but that was never something I did. I played J18 Division One, and to be fair with you, I would say that some teams are competitive. We had, you know, it's some teams were hard to play against. It was fun to play against, but other teams wasn't wasn't it? You know, it was. 10-1 uh, games and, yeah,
0: yeah 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 and, and how was and that and I'm assuming too that the teams in Stockholm they don't travel that far away um, no, other than not. traffic but but, um, so do, did they did you guys um, how did you get to the games did they still have team buses
1: no uh, I know Seglethorp is um, it isn't a very it isn't a club that has a lot of money so we had to take uh, take the car to every game you know my parents drove me up until I had a, a driving's license. So I'm very grateful for that. But, yeah, you know, I think the furthest away game that we had was maybe an hour away in Shopping, which is furthest south from Stockholm. Yeah. It was the furthest away that we had to go. Other than that, it was pretty close by. And I think that's a, that might be a good part for, about Stockholm. And it definitely was a good part for me because it was easier to focus on school and all that. Yeah. Uh, not having to worry about not being able to do it because of time issues.
0: Well, and and I mean, I think that that's uh, certainly when we talk about where you are now, you got a little bit more travel uh, between games. But I know a lot of junior teams that, you know, have to take the, you know, they got a game on Tuesdays and, and it's a seven o'clock game. And, you know, you may have to miss school some, depending on what your class schedule is, uh, yeah. because you 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 know, you're, 3 4 hours away and you have to take the bus the team bus to go there. It's pretty cool From a if you're 19 20 years old and you get to hang on with your buddies on the bus on the trip. But but there's advantages yeah. to that in Stockholm and that everything's pretty central and, and and close. Uh next question, I see on the 21 22 year so did Segel Torp. So you're in here for Division 1 and region half the season.
1: Uh what? yeah, that's that's the um... That's the system that Stockholm, the district of Stockholm has for J20. So, um, this was my last year of J18. Um, I was I was the captain of our J18 team, and you know it went well. And I played um, with J20 alongside uh, J18, so I had a lot of hockey going around, and um, <laughs> it was a lot of hours spent in the in the rink. But um, you know I, I loved it every 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 day. And uh, so the system Stockholm has the district is that. The best team uh, of Division One, or at least I had it this year, the best team out of three groups in Division One, was directly qualified for the 20 Regional during the spring. So, 20 Regional after Christmas, or yeah, maybe a little bit before Christmas, but in the second half of the season at least. Yeah. Uh, So the system is that two the two last place teams in the 20 Regional are uh, relegated automatically to an, uh, something called J20 all them, which is the best teams of Division 1 and these two teams from regional. Uh, so then they have the best Division 1 teams is uh, promoted to J20 regional and the two other first placers in Division 1 uh, battled it out in a best of three series to take the last spot. Yeah. Uh, so I know that Segeltharp, uh, we were going down to Gotland with and it's an island, uh, you had to take a boat there and um, just before we got on the boat uh, we had another game going on in the other group and if one of those teams won we would be secured for a spot um, so just before we, we left the harbour yes, they won, we were secured for J20 Reno. and of course we were very happy and had a good time down, down, uh, down on Gotland and um, uh, we came back and we were playing j20 regional with segelthorpe which was a big accomplishment it was the first time i think uh, segelthorpe had a junior team in regional or we were close actually uh, my u16 year when this was the first year that we had j18 it was the 2021 season or no 1920 season and uh, we went to the um, to the last step before regional j18 regional which j18 team but then COVID closed us down um, so 21, 22 was the first season, single-tarfed junior teams and and that's in the that's second it. division.
0: Yeah, and that's a little bit different. So every so in Sweden you have north, south, east, west, and some teams. Um, I'm looking at um so J twenty region south as an example. They have 12 teams in J twenty region, and and after Christmas, the the top six moves on and the bottom six yeah. stays and it's different in every region. Uh, last year That's they right. had 11 teams, and if I pulled up uh, J20 region in 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 West, it may be different than East and and, yep. and North. So they come up with these little different rules. They're uh, they're set in the beginning of the season. Everybody knows how it is, and there's reasons behind it. But I think the main thing is is the the ability to advance
1: up and to be relegated down yeah uh-huh. i think that's a' it's interesting to have that and i think it's good to have it you know uh, especially for the division one teams that you know we have something to strive for and we're gonna get to the the,
0: the flip side the, of that though the flip side for you guys was you were playing in j twenty division one now you got moved up to to region and you're playing against much much better teams
1: yeah i think we i think we noticed that yeah <laughs> um I think we played, we had 18 games that season. We lost 17 of them. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, mentally, it wasn't a very fun time. I know that we, we, Alm Tuna, who plays in national now, they were promoted that year. They were <laughs> playing in regional that year. And that's about a one and a half hour, two hour drive up to Uppsala. Uh, we had them on a Friday night. They were the best in the group like by far they were best in the group we had them on a friday night at like 8 p.m i think Um and we were last in regional and we before we even went up there we just like we knew that we were gonna lose the game it was just about keeping the numbers down yeah which we actually did in the first period but uh, we lost that game seven to one i think or eight to one or something like that and uh, but you know i think i think for me at least it was, it was a good time to know that I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in a in a spot where I'm always losing. Like I need to work better. I need to work harder.
0: Yeah, and let's and, go there um, because the following year, let's see, that is the yeah the following year, twenty two twenty three, which was last year, made a switch to Naka.
1: That's correct. Um, I think I I realized like yeah i don't really have a future here in sigeltorp which was it was a hard truth for me because i love sigeltorp it's it's the club in my heart you know yeah that's where I, I grew up playing hockey that's where i learned to skate that's where i have have some of my best memories playing hockey you know
0: so so talk about that a little bit because is that a so you're conflicted here right but you're but you're 18 i guess at that time 17 18 and you're starting to make your own goals and and everybody on the team are, are some are having a girlfriend and some are starting to work part time. Some have finished gymnasium and you're in this period of time of um, you're too young for this video. But it, it was a song that Twisted Sister used to have. And they said, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, but it it comes to my mind, like at that time of your life and, and it's pivotal and it's um, back in those days, that was the time that I decided I'm, I'm leaving for the U S and I've stayed here since 1993. Yeah. And, uh, in your case it's kind of like, all right, what do I, I'm good. School is good. I've got my education uh, or, you know, at least the, 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 uh, gymnasium or the high school part, what do I want to do here? Um, do, and what do I want to do? So you have, what do I do want to do? with with education what do i want to do what do i want to become as a profession but then you also got this thing about hockey that you love and how to talk about that in terms of your decision then the split from where you grew up and
1: try something yeah. new yeah i think that i felt like if i want to if i want to try something with my hockey you know i, I need to move places uh, like I said, even though I loved Segeltorp, I loved the the coaches we had, especially like the the physiological coach. Uh, he was he's very good. I still have him today. Yeah. And uh, you know, um, and I emailed a couple of, of clubs in the area, mm-hmm. and NACO responded, and another club responded. So I went on to have a tryout with them, both those clubs, and uh, one of them said yes directly. I think it was um, it was and or. Handbeacon, as they, they called. Yeah. They said, Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and NACA said, We can have you on a tryout for the summer during our uh, after season. Yeah. And then it was like, Do I take the offer that I have secured or do I try at NACA? And Mike, uh, Coach Mike from Future Star, he also played a little bit of this because I knew him since my first J18 year, but that's that's another story. Um.
0: Well, I want to, I want to go there too, because so, yeah. so yeah, let's finish your thought and then we'll talk about Mike.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I went with the NACA option. So I had a tryout with them I practiced with them and I trained with them all through the spring and uh, to start the summer. And uh, right before we had a Cooper test, which is a free three kilometer run or uh, about a two mile run. If you're in the U S yeah. Right before we ran that, um, the responsible person came to me, or uh, he's called uh, Magnus Ramström, and he came to me and said, Congratulations, you're on the team. And, which, of course, was a very big relief, and I felt very happy. And I, know, I knew that I was in a place where I was at the, one of the top teams in the area, and everything was everything was great around the club. And so it was really nice. And so I started the 22, 23 season with NACA. Yeah,
0: one and step that's up
1: in your twenty regional,
0: and and you've already kind of so at that time in your career you're kind of looking at, you were with a team that was, you know, advanced. You you had success, but the, but they didn't have the they didn't have the, the 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 squad to be able to compete in region, but now you are moving on to a team that has the squad to be able to compete at in in that level it's established bigger organization more structure probably
1: right maybe a little bit um is also a club that from from what i know doesn't have a lot of money you know so we make good use of what we have and also regarding the the squad thing i think that a lot of division one teams have the squad uh, that's um, that's capable of competing good at a regional level but the thing is that it's mentally. Right? Yeah. Some of the players I know in Segletorp, they they said, I don't want to play here. Like I don't want to play in regional. It's it's too much work or so to say.
0: So uh, so what 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 do you think that is? Why why is that? Because you could, it is what it is, right? It's just different yeah, in their is.
1: approach. Yeah. Um that's the main thing I think. It's it's a different approach. We had a lot of players in Segletorp that were like, Yeah, we want to compete here, we want to do our best. But if you have a few players that say I don't want to do this. This is too much work, and doesn't go one hundred percent in practice, or doesn't show up uh, the way you the way you think they they should show up. And yep, it affects the whole team.
0: Yeah, and it and, and it's what I what I always refer to as commitment. And yeah. and if you have a commit, if you have a co- committed individual, committed team, committed to the process and to the goals, you know you can achieve a lot more. And some players have different commitments and they have, they may be more committed to their job. They may be yeah. more committed to the relationship that they have. And it, and, and it's really that, that time of, of, of a young person's career, uh, uh, age, it's, it's a fighting struggle between, you know, and, and you have the natural thing. Hockey's hard. Getting up and practicing and, and, um, you know it's not just going out there playing games and and you know there is a different level of commitment that is required to compete in region versus division one no doubt
1: yeah that is correct. that is correct. Um, so yeah okay. i went to i went to macadon and uh, yeah, first time i got a my own locker room my own stall <laughs> we didn't have that in sailor so you know it was a little bit of a special time for me it was you know, I don't know I felt I felt um, I felt I, like I was in the right place, you know.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, and and at that time, so parallel that to your to academics, was that had you already finished gymnasium or is that your last no. year of
1: gymnasium? Last year, last year. Yeah. So, um, but that worked out really well. Uh, NACA is, was I. Uh, was actually closer to my school than Segeltorp was, or at least it was easier to commute there. Um, yeah. The bus stopped uh, right outside my school and that went all the way out to NACA, uh, which is east of from, east from Stockholm. Uh, okay. And it stopped like just outside of the rink. So a lot of days I, I brought my hockey stuff with me or like the stuff I needed for practice. I took them to school and then I took the books and computer with me and was, um, I was sitting uh, at the rink doing the studying that I had to do. Yeah. So it worked out fine. All right. Well, let's switch over to Mike here. So,
0: because it has a direct correlation to how you ended up in in the U.S., um, talk about how. So, had you gone to, for those who don't know, Mike? Uh, how would you introduce Mike in in to those who don't know?
1: How would I introduce Mike? Um, that's a good question. I think he's um, he's a coach. He's originally like a golden coach, I think, from the U.S. Uh, who's yeah. moved to Sweden. Uh, Worked with Björn
0: Bure- Bureling with That's BB Goalie Academy,
1: yeah, uh, which is another goalie coach, and um, he's responsible for a showcase um, in Sweden called Future Star Academy Showcase, <laughs> which is in the in the spring after the season ended, and um, you know he's he has a lot of connections in the hockey world, and he's a fair guy. Uh, he's uh, he has strong opinions, and <laughs> he's not he's not afraid afraid to to let people know about him and i think that's a that's a good thing you know He he's he's directly with what he says and yeah
0: so how did you get introduced to him
1: yeah this is a very strange story uh and it's gonna go back to my first year in sigeltorp j18 and uh, we had a goalie there who was part of bb Goal academy and they had uh, practices up in Vespi which is north of stockholm it's about yeah 45 minute drive from where I lived, and uh, one day or when they had practice, he, he said that he was coming, but he said it too late. So they didn't have enough shooters uh, for the goal to practice. So Mike told him, yeah, you need to bring a shooter from your team, which would be like a one uh, time thing because the shooters up there were regional players and, you know, they were really good players. And I came from the 18 Division one. I. I didn't have a good resume uh, by any means. And um, so he asked me, do you want to come? And I said, why not? I'll come. So I went up to to, to this rink, north of Stockholm, had a shooter's practice. And afterwards, Mike came to me and said, we're doing this again in two weeks. You're welcome again. I'll text you. And that's the way it is, essentially. So I went up every two weeks, every Saturday night. It was between like 8 and 10, maybe a little bit more than that seven to ten every every Saturday night uh, every two weeks so yeah. you know it was a big commitment going up there but I love I loved it I had a great time and I met a lot of great people yeah. and I played with a lot of great people up there as well you know I wasn't necessarily the best player out there by any means there were a lot of better players out there but you know I don't know I've I guess Mike uh, liked what he saw and I was able to come back and I did that for 2 years mm-hmm. during covid and my second year in J18 division 1 with Segal Tarp and we kept in touch I went to the showcase and that's the way it is
0: yeah so was he the one that who then got you interested in coming over here to the US
1: maybe a little bit uh i know or, that or was um... it
0: was it the group that i mean there's a lot of people in yep. his group that are kind of drawn to that, right? So yep. I guess the, the chat in the locker room is, hey, I'm going to play null or I'm going to go play USHL, or I'm going to go play NCDC.
1: Yeah, uh, we had a few people, um, for example, Gustav Blum, uh, yep. he was there. Um, so I had I, I heard him talk about the null and all that. But I think the college route, for me, I was introduced by Ensegeltorp in earlier with the 04 group, because the GM at the time, who is the GM today as well, Jürgen Wienborg, he has a son who played at Michigan for a couple of years, and I knew that. And so I think that's the way I got introduced to the college route the first time. And I saw, like, this is something I want to try.
0: Okay. But so-
1: Coach, Coach Mike, a future star, was the first real step towards that goal, I think, because I didn't have any connections at all.
0: So you had this, someone planted the seed and you have this interest and that becomes a goal. And Mike comes in and says, I've got the path.
1: A little bit like that. Um,
0: And, 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 and and said, this is what it is. And you can't just say, I'm going to go play. I mean, isn't that the truth? I mean, you can't just say, you know, of course, I was in the same boat back in the day, uh, of, of having blinders on and I'm saying, I'm going to go to college in the U S. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah. and on the other hand, when you peel the onion, the layers of the onion a little bit, you can't just, just go and do that. You have to be in a position to, to open up, you know, you can't just say, Oh, I'm going to go from here to here. And that's just the way it is. There's a lot of steps to it.
1: So how, it how did he explain those steps to you? He said that, you know, a lot of players, they hire agents or advisors yeah. to get over to the States, and he said that's just unnecessary. Mainly because it's um, it's a commitment regarding money. and costs a lot of money, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you get a spot anywhere. Yeah. And I think I didn't know at all how to get over. Yeah. So he said, you need to get to juniors, and from there you need to perform, and then a college might see you and know, something so did, like did you know anything about
0: juniors before that
1: i can't really say i did i can't <laughs> really say i did which um, is pretty common which is pretty common right it is uh, i think a lot of people well, like some people may think that yeah you can go directly from sweden to college and it is true for some players some players go from and that's from j20 national uh, most often They go directly from Sweden to the US, but this is uncommon. And and even and even the ones that are recruited and
0: have a college commitment from J twenty National, the college teams will say we I want you to play at least one year in the USHL or or or, or or something. I mean, if you look at uh, a good example of that is Dubuque Saints, which has its Swedish GM, Kala Larsson, who recruits Swedish players all the time. But a common thing, if you go to uh, elite prospects and pull up the Swedish players in the last few years who played in Dubuque, when you then pull up their elite prospects profile, these guys are Swedish national team yep. type players that are going straight over there. But, th- but that doesn't mean that there's there aren't you know, you have different levels of college. Yes. Playing in Michigan is a little bit different than most places. Yeah, of course. If you're going in Michigan, you may be playing in the NHL uh, within a next few years, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so what did, so how did you end up then? So let's fast forward the tape a little bit here. You go to the, the Academy there's a lot of people. Explain that too, because there's a lot of people that are that when you go to the Future Stars Academy showcase, which is a a, a fun tournament, right? You're divided up into teams, and uh, but there's a lot of people in the audience that are. It's a concentrated group of players that are there. They're kind of commonly, hey, I'm I'm interested in going to the US.
1: Yeah, um, that's true. I think I've been to three showcases. I was the first eighteen year, my second year, and this last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first one was a little bit unnecessary, but I got a hang of it. Um, I knew what's, what was going around it and how, how, it, how it worked out. You know. Yeah. And so we have uh, different teams. I think we're five teams, six teams, maybe. Mm-hmm. Get three lines from every team, and everybody is competing for for the interest of the scouts that are that's watching.
0: Yeah. And how was how were you contacted? And and what was the what was the buzz in the in the locker room of, of people that were getting interest?
1: I don't think we talked about it too much in the locker rooms. We knew that a lot of people were like they were going away to talk to scouts or to talk to people. We knew it and I don't know. But we didn't we didn't really talk about it too much. We just said, Yeah, who who was that or something like that but But you also know uh, in that in that tournament
0: who the players are
1: i mean you uh, know who
0: the top dog is and you know that they get more interest than the person that is new
1: yeah that is true and you just have to accept that you know uh, the only thing you can do to change that it's it's just do you perform your best and see what's what's going to happen yeah that's so how, the only thing you can change.
0: So how did you get, uh, did you talk to a lot of different organizations or how did you end up in with with Islanders?
1: So uh, the first year of the showcase, I only talked to one team in the Eastern Hockey League. And second year, I talked to a few more teams. Uh, I did not talk to the Islanders. And this third year, yeah. I talked to maybe eight eight or nine teams, which was mostly in the USPHL premier. Yeah. And um, about a few days after showcase, yeah. that's also the thing. Like a lot of people, like me, they don't get offers until a few days after showcase. Yeah. So the Islanders or well, Mike uh, sent me a text like, "Yeah, this coach wants to talk to you." So he sent me the number to coach uh, Coach Kirk Costas here here at Islanders, and uh, we had a talk, and he offered me an easy spot. I thought about it for a, for a few days, you know. It's it's a big commitment. I was waiting to see if anybody else would, would text me, but like uh, Coach Mike said, like it's um, he texted you almost right right after he started watching, so that's a good sign. So I took the offer and uh, I went over. And uh, the funny thing is that all this comes back to the coincidence that my goalie in in Sigeltor P18, He he texted late that he was coming to our practice and it's a little bit how I got where I am today.
0: It's serendipity and, uh, and, uh, and, and that's just kind of how it is. I mean, hockey, the hockey community is very, very small. And what you'll find in the next 10 years is that it's smaller, even than you thought it was, even on a, on a bigger scale, because these kind of six degrees of separation kind of thoughts comes in and, and, um, you know, But I think that the common thing, though, is if you don't take that step, it would have been easy. Someone said it's easy to do and easy not to do. So it's easy for you to say, sure, I'll go. But it could have been easy to say, eh, 8 o'clock in the evening, 45 minutes away. I'm not even going to skate. I'm just going to shoot. And you could have said, no, I'm not going. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't have been asked again. No. And you probably... I mean, you got you. You would have had. Did you have the opportunity to play one more year in Sweden?
1: Uh this year, yeah, yeah. This uh, so you could have played one
0: more year, but that probably would have been it.
1: And yeah, um, I mean, my my second plan was to study in Sweden and maybe play play hockey on the side. Um, but I got this chance, and I I said, "Why not take it?" I mean, I'm yeah. gonna regret it. A few years from now if i don't take it so
0: yeah all right so let's talk about ncdc a main topic here we, we took a long time to kind of get to ncdc but i think it's important um so for those who don't know ncdc is part of usphl as an organization yeah. uh within the us you have tier one which is usphl you have tier two which is on the usa hockey um uh, sanctioned is north american hockey league uh, and then On the side here, which is considered tier two, it's not pay to play. It's tuition free with NCDC, but it's part of an organization called USPHL that is not USA Hockey sanctioned, which what what is that? If if you were going to explain that, what does that mean to
1: be not USA Hockey sanctioned for you? Um, To be honest with you, I don't really know the exact difference between a sanction league and a non section league um the difference might be that uh, you have to pay to play here but that's so explain that's explain
0: the, the difference though between USPHL premier and NCDC you don't yeah. have what, what so if if you're playing in the null, you you don't pay billet fees you don't pay team fees you don't pay for equipment yeah
1: right so, so it's it's yeah. basically
0: free to play but you're still going to have to have spending money when yep. you're coming over, take last year, if you got an offer in the EHL, the Eastern Hockey League, which is Tier 3, which is pay-to-play, the full boat tuition may be $10,000, to pay for play for a team, yep. maybe plus billet fees. Yep. In the USPH, which is kind of how it is on the USPHL Premier side and Elite. Yep. So you have USPHL Elite, which is the bottom – Premier, and then NCDC, which is the top. Yep. Um, but there's a big difference in the cost between NCDC and USPHL Premier,
1: correct? That's that's right. Uh, so, I don't have to pay anything to play in the NCDC. The only thing I have to pay for is the billet fee. Um, yeah. Dude, what about equipment? Which is, it, which is different by team, I think. It's different for every team. We don't have to pay for any equipment. we got helmets, gloves, pants. Um, and I mean, if we were to buy Other equipment that of course we need to pay it for ourselves what
0: about sticks
1: uh we actually have have gotten some sticks but we haven't received them yet Uh, but we're supposed to get some sticks but i know that most of the guys they're not gonna play with them because you know some people prefer one stick and some people prefer another stick yeah Yeah. so here's kind of how i this is how i look at at at
0: usa hockey sanction we're just there, there's protection there's there's bureaucracy with usa hockey and a lot of and there's when you're not usa ho- sa- hockey sanction you can teams can kind of do a little bit whatever they want to so there's yeah. a little bit less consistency so you got to be careful with that um and you know some not all organizations are created equal so to speak it's it's You have owners of these teams that they're not associations like Sweden. They're not run by boards. This is an owner that owns this team who pays for the team and they charge, you know, for people to come and watch and they have sponsors and, and, uh, but they also charge a certain amount for, for players. And sometimes you have, you know, an organization and I'm not sure how it is with Islanders. Do they have their own NC, uh, USPHL team as well?
1: we have uh we have the ncdc team we have the premier team and we have uh, an elite team as well so we have elite three team. teams but uh, premier and elite are playing at a different location so we don't the only thing the only time we meet them musicians essentially if we if we take the bus together to a to away games if they're playing at the same place
0: yeah and you know you have sometimes you know you have. Th- if you have ownership that may have here's you have tuition payment and some of that goes towards paying for this team as well but uh, pretty much everybody everybody knows but it, it could be a little bit of uh not all t- not all organizations are above board and 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 do things right the, the challenge can be for for players that pay to play and then they there's no guarantee that they are going to get a spot there, There's no guarantee they're going to get ice time. And let's say they leave and then yep. they, and then they have a hard time getting the money back because there's no, yep. there's no one, there's no body above them to be able to appeal to, yep. um, to a certain
1: degree. So you got to be careful yep. in those. those yep. instances. I think another difference between a USA hockey sanctioned league and a non-sanctioned league is the insurance policy and, or insurance ping because I have to pay for an international insurance so all in all playing as it is it isn't completely free because i have to pay for insurance so but
0: on the other hand in the usa hockey the insurance policy that being part of usa hockey is not really that good of an insurance no, policy that, so, that is true that's for true. an especially for an international player who yeah you got to be careful with that, and it's that's the kind of steps that you want to be cognizant about. Of all right, what if I have a really bad injury, and my Swedish health insurance doesn't cover my hundred thousand yeah. dollar medical bill then I got at a U.S. surgery center? You know, yeah, that's um, true. so that kind of stuff. So, uh, so talk about the, so you haven't been in a situation where you billet before, and I have not. we saw we saw your billet dog. That came yeah. and visited. so t- talk yeah, about so- where you where you live or do you have a roommate do you do you have multiple people living there in a the house or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so I live with a family of uh, five people. That have uh, three kids, and uh, I also live with uh, a teammate. But we live uh, we have a very good living situation. I know that a lot of people might have a situation that's worse than we have. We we live in the basement. We got our own kitchen, toilet, shower. You know, we're pretty self-sufficient in the basement. We got our own fridge freezer, so we can cook our food, and we don't really need to be in the house. You know, if you understand what I mean, of course yep. we are because we're eating dinner together. And uh, how but, is yeah.
0: that? Yeah, how is that situation from from not being in that situation in Sweden, living at home?
1: I think it's now. Of course, it's it's a little bit different, of course, and you know, um. You're living in another another family's house. But at the same time with the situation that we have, me and my teammate, it is like we're living in an apartment and we just we're having dinner with another family. Yeah. Um,
0: How's the relationship we, we, though? Because you have kids that are, you know, and a family that is a hockey vested family. Yeah. How is that to to be welcomed in? What was your first impression of um, of of the U.S. family welcoming you
1: in, I mean, it was a good impression. Yeah. I still think it's it's a good it's a good uh, situation. Yeah. You know, we of course the first month and all that it's a little bit of a honeymoon phase. Yeah, like every psychological and all that. So after that, it's gonna be you're gonna go for a period where it's gonna be a little bit harder, and you just have to accept that because the differences might come up to the surface. Yeah. But if you just um, keep good communication and like um, just keep um, keep a good relationship going between everybody in the family, it's it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, and so far I haven't had any problems, and I won't have any in the in the future. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Do, of. do
0: you have your own driver? Uh, how do you do you how do you get to the rink and stuff?
1: Do you, do they take you or do you have a car? So my teammate has a car, Man. and that's the thing they pair it up, pairs up with. People that has a car that can take us to and yeah. from the rink and and that and um, and that's the thing with international players because they know that we're we're not going to have a car here.
0: Yeah, uh, but there is a uh, another Swede, Max Lundgren, that is also part of the team.
1: Yeah, we got two other Swedes on the team. It's me, Max Lundgren, and Albin Reinerson. Uh, both of them are coming from the north of Sweden. Uh, yeah, we're not living together, but you know. It's it's fun to talk some Swedish and, uh, and have a good time with the uh, with the Swedish people in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. It, it to... feels a, a little bit more like home when you have a few uh, a few Swedes on the team.
0: Yeah, so talk. Let's round up and talk about NCDC and your experience. Now, it, it looked like that you've had a pretty good start so far um, in uh, this season um yeah thank you. thank you 16 games 13 points not too not too bad not too
1: bad um as a defenseman as a defenseman and um, i think that my role primarily has been a defensive demon so you know it's fun to, to score some points and all that and i think that if if um if people look at my league prospects they are going to say that ncdc is a bad league because i had i think I had two points in 23 or 22 games in yay yeah, 20 regional um you know, so I've never been a, a point scorer, but you know, it's it's fun to do that. Yeah. I think well, NCDC. Is... I,
0: so, so I the word got to me that uh, there's nothing but positive words from your coach, and specifically <laughs> about your your hard work. So, um, so just want to say that.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that with me. Um, no, it's. I think that's every player needs to to know that. As long as you work hard as long as you do the things you're supposed to do as you listen to to the all the advice that you get from from different people and put it together and um, it's gonna work out
0: so how do how do you how do you describe the level of ncdc
1: versus j20 region it's an interesting question Uh, with swedes we've talked about it a little bit and we say that's it's a different play of hockey that's the that's the main thing. It's a smaller rink. It's the play is faster. You don't have as much time. And I would say it's also more physical, like the forwards. They they are continuing with the checks that they're going to take on you. Uh, if you play the puck, you just got to be ready to take a hit right after. Um, and it's more you, you put a puck glass out, boards out, and go from there. In Sweden, it's more like you play around, you keep, try to keep the puck in the team but you can't really do that here because if you do it too much, you try to be too cute with the puck, you're going to lose it eventually. Yeah. And so that's the main difference. I would say the hockey play is different. Yeah. Other than that, I think that more teams here are more competitive. Like, like we talked about before with Segeltorp, we weren't very competitive in J20 Regional. We lost every game almost. We don't have those kind of teams here. Like every game is a hustle. Every game is a close one. Yeah. Uh, I know this weekend we went we went out to Utica. It's about a four hour bus ride. And the first game we lost four to three in overtime. Uh, close game. You know, we were up three to one with some time remaining, and they came back, scored an OT goal. And yesterday we won. We won four to three. Um, in a close game as well. So you know, it, it can switch quickly. Uh, I know that the first I think it was the first game of the season, we were up one nothing and they scored with half a second remaining of the game. Uh, one at the note So I think that's the main difference. Like it's closer games, so you have more competitive teams, more competitive players, it's more physical. Um Some... yeah, you maybe you play more more of more out of chance. You play, you hope that the puck is going to bounce bounce your way sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, if you make a mistake their team is going to capitalize on it much more efficiently than in Sweden. I, I would say, like, if you lose the puck behind the net, it's going to come another guy, and they're going to score, or at least get a really good scoring opportunity out of it. So I'm looking at the, um, uh, you know, if you
0: pull up NCDC on uh, on lead prospects, you, you now have three divisions, which the, the teams in the mountain divisions were moved up from USPHL Premier.
1: That is this correct. Year. This year yeah,
0: this year we, we to. The... Yeah, we had the uh, the um uh head scout for Pueblo Bulls on, on several several months ago and it, kind of talking about those guys out there, but you don't play those teams on a regular basis, right?
1: Uh we do not. We haven't played them at all. We're not gonna play them at all during the regular regular so, season.
0: So you only have six teams in your division, which is Atlantic, and then then you have the New England. Do you play the New England teams?
1: Yeah, so we only play the New England teams during showcases. That's also a thing that's different from Sweden. Um, and Sedisi and Noll and, and I don't know if the USHL has that as well, but we have showcases. So that's a that's a, a lot of teams come together in one place, and you have scouts that are, come to that place. And they can see a lot of teams at the same time, which is very good for them. Uh, So we've been to two showcases, one in one in the close area. We went down to Jersey one weekend to play play a few games. So that's the only time we played the New England teams. Other than that, we're only gonna. uh, Oh, my bad. The Atlantic teams. Other than that, we're only gonna play the New England Division teams up until the playoffs. I see. I see. But and so, which means
0: that in the fall you may play. So, the Islanders may
1: play the Hitman four times. In um, fall. I think the playoff format is that we're gonna play the New England the New England Division. We're gonna play for one spot, uh, one playoff. and it's it's the same for the Atlantic Division and the Mountain Division. And then the New England Division and Atlantic Division winners, they're gonna play a uh, like a conference final, Eastern Conference final, if you would call it that, or a semifinal. Um, and the winner of that goes to the Dineen Cup final against one of the mountain division teams. I see. So that's the playoff format. So the only time we're going to play against a mountain division team would be in the Dineen Cup final. Yeah, so, yeah and I see. So you yeah, guys are currently
0: so you're currently in the second spot. You played sixteen games. And, and what's interesting, this kind of messed me up uh, about Atlantic versus New England because you have the Pal Junior Islanders and you have the Islanders Hockey Club. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, and, and that's when I was looking at Atlantic. But, you know, those guys are more around the New York area and you guys are more around the Boston area, right?
1: Yeah, that is correct. I would also say that we, they have further distance to go. To their games i'm not really sure i think that's the case we have a closer closer ride to away games yeah we got well, two utica, long rides yeah.
0: yeah utica is a little bit of a trip right
1: yeah we got utica and we got twin city those two are the only times we're taking the bus bus right yeah uh, yeah and another, and another difference from sweden is that it's a lot more professional here regarding the and uh, how how you watch the games like you have announcers on every game and you have um, so that's a that's a little bit special as well
0: yeah and so how's that been a little bit to be uh, being this I, I know on the roster there's a lot of imports on that roster but but um because there are interviews and and uh after you know start of the game and and that kind of yeah. stuff how's it been being the swede who's not necessarily sticking out and if if you met uh, so, did you meet Kevin marek Nurian?
1: I met him. Yes.
0: All right. So Kevin would not have any problem. He would say, "Give me the mic." Maybe yeah. you're you're a little bit different in in the aspect of you know being in the in the limelight, being interviewed,
1: and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. I think it's just it's a fun part of the game. Uh, it's fun to but experience. But it's, diff-
0: it. it's different. You didn't get that it in Pornaka. Is-
1: yeah, it's different, and I think that has to do with the with the league organization because, a twenty regional or Sweden overall, we don't have a league organization that's responsible for the whole league. Here we have the USP, USPHL that that gives out weekly honors like Team of the Week and uh, Team of the Month and and so on. Um, that's a little bit special, but you know it's it's a fun time, and if you if you get that. Um, that spotlight on you, you know that you've done something good. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is keep building on that.
0: So what's next? All right. You got this season, you're going to bust your butt to kind of play hard and and so on. Yeah, But I know in the back of your mind is that you're hoping a college can call in and say, Hey, I like that number or so-and-so.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I see the college route as one of the best you can take. You get an education that's really good and, at the same time, you can play hockey at a really high level. But but if but the realistic,
0: run. but from a realistic standpoint, playing the N C D C you're not gonna get Michigan that is coming kind of calling uh no. NCDC. I mean, let's be let's be real, they're gonna yeah. be looking at USHL players, and they don't even look at it at, at the null. um, to yeah. be frank.
1: Yeah, that, that's the thing. Um, like the NCDC, it had a lot of D1 commits a few years ago. Um, yeah the last few years we haven't had a lot of d1 commits coming out of ncdc it's mostly d3 yeah but that goes a little bit from year to year and who's playing and all that so i think of course everybody's striving for a d1 commitment yeah, yeah. it would be a lie to say that nobody does it but you have to realize like maybe that train has left the station you know and you can always strive for a good d3 commitment. Yeah.
0: But but how so all right for you? Um I mean the the eye of the needle is very narrow for D1 just in general, no matter yeah. no no matter what league you're playing in. uh and so how does that make you in your future career plans on going to college in the US versus going to college in in Sweden, where it's free in Sweden, yeah, and college in the u.s you could continue to play college hockey which would be awesome but you may have to pay part of the tuition yeah unless you get some type of academic scholarship under the you know it's an athletic scholarship but it's listed as an yeah. academic scholarship. yeah of
1: course um yeah that's a big part you need to look into uh, d3 it isn't isn't by any means free uh, but you can always seek scholarships from sweden yeah if you just look at the right places, you can get the cost down quite good. Yeah. And if you have a good talk with the team and a the coach, uh, they can also sort some things out, you know.
0: And I think that if you're looking at teams in the D3 like this, so SUNY Cortland, SUNY, a state yep. university of New York, Cortland or Syracuse or um, not sure. There's a bunch of state schools that are not necessarily the the expensive private schools that the, the, the hockey is really good. Yeah. And it's not super expensive. It may be, you know, um, it may not be, you know, Michigan, but it's still a very good level of college hockey that you can yeah. experience. So I think my point here is that, you know, w- w- it doesn't have to end. And I think that the, 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 the challenge is going to be going back to Sweden. Yes, you can go to university, but playing Hokketon is tough. And to try to go to college and play in is is almost impossible.
1: No, yeah, you that, could that go and play really in a tough situation.
0: You can play in division two and division three and go to go to university probably without a problem. But yeah. The level of commitment to be able to go and take college or university classes in Sweden and get a degree and focus on elite-level hockey is is very, very difficult because the system is yeah. not built that way. That's correct. So, You'll be able, be able to do that. Gustav Blum is a good example. He's going to RIT now. They can't yeah. actually give scholarships from an athletic standpoint, but they have the academic yeah. side there as well.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. If a team wants to, they're going to they're going to sort some things out. They're going to make sure that things work, work out the way you want. Yeah. You want them to work out.
0: Or you can as do like as... I did,
1: uh get your I was lucky enough to get my green card through the
0: through the lottery, which enabled yeah. me to work. Yeah. So I paid my way through college uh out of pocket. Uh but it was a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it was fun. All right. Yep. Well, it's been fun to talk about uh, last two things. So um, you know, we have a um, a, uh, a a partnership with Target Aid, and you kind of mentioned it—the team in my heart, or organization in my heart—that yep. we have. So the reason why we did this is is really first year of doing this podcast, it was just kind of not really knowing where it's going, and then when the second year, we said, well, how can we? have a little bit more purpose behind it. And, and 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 one of the common denominators of all the guests is that they're coming from a youth organization that, in your case, Sierra Torp, that they're all very similar and you have a lot of volunteers and they do. What struck me is that there's a lot of fundraising for these volu- small, small organizations. And, you know, they're selling cookies and hot dogs and toilet paper yeah. and whatever. Um, and if we can help in any way to give put people on the platform to be able to help with fundraising. So target aid is a, is, is a, is that platform. Yeah. And what we are able to do is partner with guys like you and, and on our platform, we don't get anything out of it other than uh, it's good for these clubs to be able to get content, highlight a player that says, this is the team of my heart. Listen to this podcast about my journey where I am now and hopefully that can inspire, and it can be talked about within the organization to yeah. then all, also uh, help with fundraising. So, which team is is the team in your heart?
1: It's got to be Siglarp. Yeah, don't tell me yeah. not
0: Canal. You you would get ostracized. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah, great. but you know it's um, we got one of the best youth rings in a lot of Stockholm. I would say it's one of the nicest rings, and uh, one of the best hockey games in Stockholm, maybe even in, in Sweden if you can stretch it that far with the money money that that the club has. And you know, I it's a great club and you know that's where I'm gonna spend more time when I yeah. come back
0: home. That's awesome. That's awesome. So last question here is if you met yourself so you're twenty now, right? Or nineteen? Nineteen now. Nineteen. So You met yourself two years earlier at 17. What would you tell yourself that things you know now that you wish you knew back then?
1: Um, Things I know now that I wish I knew back then. That's a hard question. I think maybe it's like uh, always try to work hard, always try to do something extra on the ice. Maybe after practice, do some skating on your own, Uh, do some drills on your own. Always try to do that extra thing. It's gonna, that's gonna make you stand out from the rest of the team, rest of the players out there. Excellent. I I always learned that. I've learned that if you do something for two minutes after practice every day, uh, and you have a lot of practices throughout the year, those two minutes gonna turn into an hour, two hours. If you do well, them.
0: Well, the uni- the universe have it rewarded you when you took that you took that opportunity to go to shooting practice yeah. and see where you are now. And, and, and the experiences that you've had just this short period of time yeah. and the relationships that you're building, it's life-changing really. Yeah. And, is. and I think that that's the, I can certainly uh, empathize with that too, in terms of when the opportunities are are laid in front of you, take it. yeah. Don't, don't turn it down. Don't defer. Don't wait take it and because it will it, it may not ever be presented again and it's this fork in the road or uh, like the game plinko that you put the disc in here and it pops down and hits all these pegs and you know it could bounce this way or it could bounce that way yep. and 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 if you don't put the disc in the game if you don't uh Put the coin in the jukebox if you don't do the things um, that yeah. you need to, you, you, you'll miss out. So, yeah, uh, great advice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Summit, thanks for jumping on. Uh, it's been fun to kind of chat about NCDC. It's been educational. Hopefully, people get a little bit of interest. Um, thank you for Mike to kind of get us hooked up and uh, plug in for his. If you go to Future Stars Academy and look up the, 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 the showcase there, I think it's in May. I think they have yeah. something in Christmas time, and and look that up too. And and um, uh, same thing with Bern Buerling with BB Goalie Academy, they do a good job, and um, and and see where that goes. Thanks for jumping on.
1: Thank you for having me.